you so much, guys. If you have a copy of God's Word, please take it and turn to Proverbs chapter 1. And I am excited because today we are starting a new series that will take us through the summer on the book of Proverbs. Proverbs as a book is focused on helping us develop wisdom. Now, I would submit to you that wisdom is oftentimes much easier recognized in its absence than its presence. In other words, it's oftentimes very easy to see where wisdom is not present than when it's actually showing up. In 1912, there was a ship that was built that was called Unsinkable. Uh, This ship was built in England, and on its maiden voyage, it was going from England to the United States through the waters of the cold northern Atlantic. As this ship set sail and moved forward, the crew got numerous reports that there were dangerous icebergs ahead. But the crew thought, we're in an unsinkable ship. Nothing is going to stop us. Well, sure enough, as the ship moved out, in the middle of the night, it fatefully struck an iceberg. And from this striking of this iceberg, the ship ultimately went down, and 1,500 people were killed. What ship am I talking about? Titanic, right? Now, we can look at that situation and say, there was a lack of wisdom in the decision-making of that crew. Let me give you a more recent and just as tragic example. Last year, there was a young man that graduated from college, and he decided to celebrate his college graduation by going to Yellowstone National Park. And for whatever reason, he thought, you know, it'll be fun if I can find one of those hot geysers and take a bath, take a hot steam bath in the geyser. Didn't matter that there were barricades and fences all around. He climbed over them, climbed around them, and graciously slid into this geyser for a hot bath. But what he didn't understand is that the geyser had some chemical reactions going on that broke down his body. And he fell asleep and tragically died. The next morning, the authorities got there and they couldn't find anything left because the chemicals in that geyser had broken his body down. We can all look at that and say, lack of wisdom. Now what I'm submitting to you, though, is while wisdom is easy to see in its absence... The book of Proverbs says there is a way to cultivate wisdom in our lives. What I want to show you this morning is basically two, the answer to two specific questions. I want to show you what wisdom is, and I want to show you why wisdom is important. But I want you to do something this morning for me. I want everyone in the room to find one of these prayer cards seats in front of you or under your seat, you should find a card that looks like this. What I want you to do with these prayer cards throughout this message is I want you to think about an area of your life where you need wisdom. I want you to write it on this card. 
I want you to find an area of your life where you're needing God's direction and guidance and write it down. At the end of our service, we're going to ask those of you that feel led to bring these down front and lay them at the altar. And here's what I can promise you. If you fill out a card and lay it at the altar, every single person will be prayed over personally and by name. There's even a place you'll notice on this card to indicate if you'd like someone to follow up with you about your request. Here's the point. I don't want this to be something that doesn't really come into your life very practically. Wisdom is about practically seeing God's hand work and move in your life. I want you to begin to identify, as we start a series on Proverbs, one area where you believe you need God's wisdom and grace. And as to that we turn, what is wisdom and why do we need it? Look at Proverbs chapter 1, verse 1. And would you please stand with me as we honor the reading of God's Word? Proverbs 1, verse 1. We read these words. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. To know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight... To receive instruction in wise dealing and righteousness, justice, and equity. To give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth. Let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance. To understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. This is the word of the Lord. This is God's holy, infallible and an errant word to us. Would you pray with me, church? Father, we pray in these moments that you would speak to our hearts, that you would remove distraction, and Lord, as we hear from you, would you please help us not just to be hearers of your word, but would you help us be doers of your word as well? In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You can be seated. So question number one. What is wisdom. If you look in your Bibles at verse 2, you see the word, to know wisdom and instruction. The word wisdom there literally means skill or dexterity or ability. When understood in a biblical way, a Christian way, we see that wisdom is basically skill in godly living. It's the skill and ability to take what you know and live it out. It's the discernment to see things and see a path forward that you should follow in your life. Now, one of the people that's most exhibiting of wisdom in the Bible is the author and compiler of the book of Proverbs, that's Solomon. We see him introduced in verse 1, the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. Solomon either wrote the Proverbs or he compiled the Proverbs. He is the writer slash compiler of this entire book. And one of the reasons he's fit to do that is because as king of Israel, God came to him and asked him, Solomon, what's one thing you want me to give you? Solomon was following his father David, 
an incredibly successful king, and he had the building of the temple in front of him. And so with these challenges that he was facing, it would have been easy for Solomon to say, God, give me success. God, protect me from my enemies. Or God, would you help me grow this kingdom? But Solomon asked for none of those things. Instead, Solomon said, God, would you give me the wisdom to come in and come out before this great people that you've given me? And what the Bible tells us is that because Solomon asked for wisdom, God granted his request. One of the most famous stories about Solomon is as king, two women one day presented themselves before Solomon. Both of them had recently had children, but tragically, one had died. One of the babies had died in the middle of the night, and the two women came, one accusing the other of replacing her living baby with the baby who had died. And of course, the other had said, no, my baby was the one that was alive. Yours was the one that died, and back and forth they went. So Solomon said, well, we've got one baby. We've got two mothers. We'll just cut the baby in half. So he looked at his most closest soldier, and he says, come, bring your sword. We'll cut the baby in half and let each mother half one half. Well, one of the mothers said, good. If I can't have them, neither one of us can have them. But the other mother said, no, stop. Let that mother have the child. Don't do anything to him. And before Solomon's soldier could take another step towards these mothers, he stops them and says, give the baby to the mother who wants the baby to live. Because only the true mother would value the life of her child over motherhood. And the Bible tells us that from that situation, the nation of Israel goes, wow, Solomon has a wisdom and an insight that is unparalleled. And the reason it shows up in Solomon's life in that way is because oftentimes wisdom comes out the ability to discern what we know and how to live it, it comes out in difficulties and problems. But as we read through this passage, what we see is that wisdom is not just skill in godly living. I would add that this passage uses words to describe wisdom as also diagnosing and responding. Diagnosing and responding. Let me show you this in God's Word. Look at verse 2 of Proverbs chapter 1 and notice some of the words that Solomon uses to describe wisdom. He says, To know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealing and righteousness, justice, and equity, and to give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth. Insight and discretion speak to the ability to diagnose something. It means that you can see beyond just the surface to the root of the problem. You can see what's behind the symptoms to the cause. One of my favorite superheroes who perfectly illustrates this is Superman. Any Superman fans in here? 
Uh, Superman has a variety of powers, doesn't he? He's incredibly fast. He can fly. He's strong, as was pointed out in the first service by a fifth grader in the back. He can shoot lasers from his eyes. But for our purposes this morning, what Superman really helps us understand about wisdom is Superman has one other power that I'm forgetting. What is it? X-ray vision, right? Unless lead is involved, Superman can see beyond just the surface what's behind it, right? Be that a person's physical body, what they're concealing or hiding, or some dangerous bomb in some faraway building, right? He can see through all of that to see what's really going on. Now, what I want you to notice is the words insight and discretion mean that part of what's included in wisdom is spiritual x-ray vision. It's the ability to see beyond what's right in front of us to see what's actually going on. You see, we function this way all the time. Think about with this with me, men. When you ask your wife, Honey, how are you doing? You seem a little upset. And your wife says, I'm fine. I'm fine. I have a fateful decision to make in that moment, don't I, man? I can say, well, she said she was fine. I guess it's no big deal. And move on with my life and pay for that later, right? Or I can say, honey, I don't think you're really okay. I think there's something else going on here. I've, and guys, here's what I've done. This is just my posture. I've probably done something pretty dumb, and I just didn't realize it. Let's talk about that. We do this at church, right? You're on the way to church on Sunday morning, and people are getting spankings in the van as you're doing 60 miles an hour down the highway. People are hollering and screaming. It's always one of the best times of your week driving to church, right? And then something miraculous happens. The van door slides open, and all of a sudden, you're great. You're smiling. You're happy. If somebody says, how are you doing? You say, we're fantastic. Things are great, but they're not. You just spanked somebody going 65 down Highway 54. There's weeping and gnashing of teeth, and you're saying, if you don't be quiet, you're going to get it right? More's going on than what you can see on the surface. Wisdom, discretion, and insight is the ability to look beyond the surface and to diagnose what's happening at the root, what's really going on. But wisdom, according to this passage, is also not just diagnosing things correctly, but moving to a response. Look in your Bibles. Verse 5, he says, This book is about letting the wise hear and increase in learning. And the one who understands obtains, notice this word, guidance. Verse 6, to understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. Guidance. He talked about, up in verse 4, the word prudence. It's the idea that I don't just see what's actually going on. I see a course of action I should take in light of that. 
This is what happens when you go to the doctor, right? When you go to the doctor, you walk in, you're sick, and you describe your symptoms. The doctor will look you over, right? Looks in your nose, your eyes, your ears, your mouth. May even, if it's serious enough, have blood work done. If it's more serious, have more tests done. All of that is designed, however, to diagnose what the problem is got a cold or you've got some illness, not just so we know what the problem is, but so that we can move to some form of treatment, right? That's why the doctor diagnoses and then prescribes a response. Now, here's what I know. If you went to a doctor and all they did was diagnose what was wrong and never prescribed treatment to help you get better, would you go back to that doctor? No, you want a doctor that not only diagnoses what's wrong with you, but also moves to some course of treatment that's going to help you get better. Wisdom works the same way. Wisdom always moves from diagnosis to prescription. One of the ways we see this kind of illustrated is in the sports world in the game of football. There's a guy named Peyton Manning, who played quarterback for a number of years. How many of you have ever heard of Peyton Manning? Raise your happy hand. Peyton Manning was a quarterback that played football at the University of Tennessee, then went to the Indianapolis Colts and played for a while the Denver Broncos. I wouldn't say that Peyton Manning was a particularly gifted athlete. He was good. He was above average. He wasn't all that fast. Didn't have the strongest arm in the world. But what made Peyton Manning unique was what we call his football IQ. He understood the way the game worked to such a degree that he was able to modify and adjust his game plan on the fly. So here's what would happen oftentimes with Peyton Manning in a game. It was fun to watch. He would walk up to the line of scrimmage. He would look at what the defense was doing, and he would call a what? Audible. Somebody was ready for that. Gavin is on top of things this morning. He would call an audible, right? Which means if the defense was lining up to stop the run and he had called a running play in the huddle, he would change the play at the line of scrimmage to compensate and adjust for what the defense was doing. Now, what is that? What is Peyton Manning doing when he calls an audible? He's diagnosing what he sees and he's prescribing a course of action. Now here's what you and I need to know. The kind of wisdom I want in my life is the ability to diagnose what's in front of me and prescribe a response. I don't know about you, but there's not a day that goes by when I don't walk up to the line of scrimmage of my day where the defense is about to blitz and I'm not ready for it. There's something unexpected coming my way. There's a problem I'm having to deal with in my life. And I'm going, I'm not just going throughout my day aimlessly going from one problem to the next. Wisdom is the ability that as these things come in front of me, I'm able to diagnose them appropriately and respond. Here's what I want you to notice about the beauty of wisdom. When we look at Proverbs and we step back at the whole of Scripture... Here's what I want you to see. Wisdom 
is ultimately exemplified and personified in Jesus Christ. The key to really getting your mind around what wisdom is at its foundational level is recognizing that Jesus is the perfect example and personification of wisdom. Let me explain what I mean by that. In Luke chapter 18, if you're reading through the Bible with us this year, we're reading through Luke right now, Jesus is approached by what the Bible calls the rich young ruler. This guy walks up to Jesus and says, Jesus, I want to know what I've got to do to inherit eternal life. Tell me what I need to do. Jesus says, look, if you're trusting in the coming promise of the Messiah and by faith living out his commandments, that's how you inherit eternal life. And Jesus listed a few of the commandments. And without thinking about it for a moment, this young man says, yeah, 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 I, I've done all those since I was a kid. What else do I need to do? And Jesus looks at him and says, you lack one thing. Go and sell everything that you have and then come and follow me. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says that the man went away sorrowful because he had great possessions. Now what's happening there? Jesus is diagnosing this man's heart and he's responding. Because what Jesus' question reveals is what this man really worshipped was his stuff. Jesus put his finger, he wrote a prescription for this man's soul and said, if you're really going to follow me, you've got to topple over the idol of materialism. That's the first step. Jesus, case after case, time after time, exemplifies this kind of wisdom. But it's deeper than that. Because not only does Jesus set the example of wisdom, Jesus in himself is wisdom. The Bible calls Jesus the wisdom of God. And here's why. God has made a diagnosis of us. God has made a diagnosis of the human heart. And here it is. All of us, though we've been created to worship God, are broken. Because instead of worshiping God, we worship ourselves. All of us are trusting something. And what God says, what God diagnoses about you and about me, is that our hearts, lest, rather than worshiping our Creator, worship ourselves. We are our own main characters of our own stories. This is why we lie. This is why we steal. This is why we have hatred and lust in our hearts. It's why we even disobey our parents. We don't do all of those things just because we're trying to fill the time or pass time. We do those things because our hearts are wickedly worshiping ourselves and they act out this way. And what God has said in his diagnosis is that because our hearts are broken, we deserve a penalty of death. And the penalty that we rightfully deserve is his wrath. And if that's where this story stopped, we'd be in trouble. 
But the good news is that God's prescription moves to Jesus. Jesus Christ is God's prescription. He's writing out for you and for me to say, the penalty that we've diagnosed about your heart, Jesus has taken on himself. Jesus Christ offers his life as a sacrifice for you and me because God's diagnosis and his prescription is that we cannot save ourselves. The reason this is so important is because this is what fundamentally distinguishes God's wisdom from the world's wisdom. The world's wisdom says the world around you is the problem and the answer is within you. The world's wisdom says if you look deep enough in your heart and you follow your dreams, happiness and utopia will emerge. God's wisdom says actually the problem is not around you. The answer is not within you. The problem is within you. The answer is not inside you. The problem is inside you. What you need is to be changed from the inside out by Jesus Christ. You need His grace to restore you from worshiping yourself to worshiping God. That's what grace does. Grace changes you from being a self-motivated, self-absorbed, self-centered main character to being the supporting character you were made to be. That's what's so incredible about grace is God's changing you and me from the inside out. Jesus Christ is the personification of wisdom because he is God's prescription to our diagnosed problem. And here's the question I have for you this morning. Are you seeking God's wisdom or the world's? I've asked you to think about an area of your life where you need wisdom. I hope you're still thinking about that. I hope you're still processing that. But here's what I know. When you write this on this card, what we're asking you to do is to not seek a wisdom that makes you the center of your little world. You're not looking for a wisdom that's always easy and comfortable. You're looking for a wisdom that starts with God's diagnosis and prescription. The world is telling you at every level, you have the answer. If you look deep enough, you're, you're going to find the salvation you need. God is saying, no, the answer is not within you. The answer is Jesus Christ. This is why the world can't understand why Islamic terrorism is growing. That's why secular people can't understand it. Because they're saying, how in the world can we be living in a day when we have all of this information, all of this education, all of this technology, all of these comforts and eases of life? How in the world can there still be people killing other people in the name of their so-called God? Let me answer that very concisely for you. It's because information... Education, technology, advances in medicine, comfort and ease can't change your heart. Only Jesus Christ can change you. All of those things, all they do is make you a better self-centered, self-absorbed main character. That's all they do. Only Jesus Christ can change you from the inside out. What kind of wisdom 
are you looking for in your life today? What is wisdom? Wisdom is diagnosing and responding, but it's ultimately recognizing that Jesus Christ is our perfect example and personification of wisdom. And that's what wisdom is. Second question I want to answer this morning as we close is why do we need wisdom? Why do we need it? Why is wisdom so important for followers of Jesus? Here's the answer. We need wisdom because Jesus saves us from something, but he also saves us for something. And what Jesus saves you and I for is the advancement of his kingdom. You see, grace, the way it works, is grace is so amazing because it doesn't just remove you from danger. It moves you into now the service of Christ's kingdom for his advancement. We've been watching floodwaters all over the state of Missouri over the last week or two. We drove yesterday uh, from the Osage Beach to, to Arkansas border, went through West Plains, some of those places, saw some of the damage that was there saw a video on Facebook of a family that was caught in some of the floodwaters, and people rushed in, right, to rescue these two little ones. I don't know how many of you saw that video. Incredibly powerful. How they rescued these two little kids, got the guy out there, and got him to safety. But I was looking at that family, and it hit me. As incredible as their rescue really is, there's nothing to say that that family couldn't find themselves in floodwater danger again. If they don't pay attention they misjudge the water's height on a road, if they're caught in the wrong place at the wrong time, there's nothing to say that just because they've been rescued from danger once, that they couldn't find themselves back in danger again. What I want you to know is grace doesn't work that way. Jesus Christ, once he moves us from danger, once we repent and trust Jesus for salvation, he moves us from danger into a new state of existence in his kingdom. It doesn't mean that the presence of sin is not still there. It doesn't mean that we still don't even feel some of the consequences of sin. But what it does mean is that the penalty of sin is once and for all finished. Because Jesus Christ, when he dies for us, he dies for sins once for all. And when he rises again, he guarantees that if you turn from your sin and you trust him, that he moves you from the kingdom and the domain of darkness to the kingdom of his beloved son. And what you and I get to be a part of is not just being saved from something. We get to be saved for the expansion of Christ's kingdom. The expansion of Christ's kingdom is, is moving forward on two fronts. Listen very carefully. It's expanding within you as God changes you from the inside out. And it's expanding through you into the lives of other people globally and generationally around the world and through our families as we look for a generation yet born to praise the Lord. Now here's the point. The reason you need wisdom is because God often propels the expansion of his kingdom within us and through us through challenging and difficult circumstances. The reality is God often gets our attention on the canvas of suffering and difficulty. Shelly and I were married in 2008. Uh, we are celebrating nine years of marriage on Wednesday. 
very exciting, May 10th our anniversary. But a few months after we were married, I was on a mission trip to a part of East Asia. I was going ahead with another group for another church in anticipation of taking teams from our church. And we had been married, like I said, just, just a handful of months, and part of the ministry that we were doing in this part of Asia was working with college students, and we were doing these things called English Corners. It's where you come to a particular place and you talk English, speak English to students that are trying to learn English. And we would use that as an opportunity to share Christ, to share the gospel. Well, one night while I was in East Asia sharing Christ, it was later in the evening, which meant it was early morning here, my phone rang and Shelly was calling me. So it was very odd for her to call me because I told her, look, it's going to be expensive and all that. So I knew if she called me, it was something was up. So I answered the phone, and across the world, my wife was crying. She was sobbing. She was just distraught on the phone. I, I was trying to calm her down. I was saying, what's wrong? What's happening? I, I can't understand what you're saying. And through all of her crying and talking, I finally was able to make out the word miscarriage. And um, she was experiencing this pain. She was going through this. She had been hiding from me that she'd been pregnant. She'd made signs at the airport to come. She'd done all this stuff. And she's crying and she's telling me all this. And I'm trying to help her. Like, okay, let's, we got to get somebody to get you to a hospital and get you to get help because she was really, really hurting, really a lot of pain. If you've ever been through that, you, you know how challenging that is. I finally prayed with her. We got her parents to come and, and help and all that. And after a while, I finally prayed with her, hung up. And I just sat down on the steps right where I was in Asia just was talking to God. And I'll be honest with you, I was frustrated. If you can imagine my frustration, um, there's a lot of things running through my head. I'm going, okay, are we going to be able to have kids? God, why would you do this when I'm on a mission trip of all places? If I hop on a plane right now, I can't get there to help her in any way. Even if I left this moment, God, I, it would take me 12 hours to get over there. God, why, why would you do this right now? Of all of the times to do this. Why would you do this now? Over the next couple weeks, God, through a lot of prayer, through talking with others, through loving on my wife, um, God gave us the grace, and I would add this word, the wisdom to say, God, we don't understand why you did this when you did it, but we trust you. We trust that this was not the right time, that there was something about us that wasn't ready, that there was something else that we can't see. We don't have all the answers, but we trust you. The reason you need wisdom is because God often expands his kingdom through challenging, difficult circumstances. And if we're not on our knees begging God to give us discernment, to give us the ability to diagnose and respond will oftentimes let things that God intends for good to embitter us, to frustrate us, and discourage us. Some of you this morning may need to write on a card an area of your life that you just don't understand right now. Something in your life that you, you just can't get your arms around. God, why would this happen now? Why are you doing this? You might need to write on that, that, that on a card. God, would you give us and our family wisdom and discernment to trust you, to see this for what it is, to see some good that you're bringing out of this that we can't see yet.
Some of you may need to write down a, a difficult relationship that you have with another person. Maybe it's your spouse. Maybe it's a, a parent-child relationship. I know on my card, I'm writing, God, as a parent, would you help me have a tender heart that still guides my, my children? Parents of little ones, we were talking about this in life group, it's easy to drift to the tough side and forget the tender side. It's easy to be all truth and no grace. God, would you help our families to have the wisdom to know how to guide hearts, to know how to be structured and disciplined, but to love the season of parenting that we have. Some of us on these cards might need to write down finances. You need wisdom and discernment how to manage the resources you've been given. Remember, all of us have been given three resources, our time, our talent, and our treasure. Some of us might need to write, God, would you give me wisdom to know how to use these resources for the expansion of your kingdom? Some of you might be something else. It might be a sin that you just don't feel like you can break free from. You need deliverance. You need insight in how to navigate it. My prayer for us is this, that we would remember that what wisdom is, is Jesus Christ perfectly exemplifying and personifying it, but that we would recognize we desperately need it. Would you pray with me, please, church? Father God, we thank you for, uh, God, your, your wisdom and your grace and your mercy and your truth. God, we thank you that Jesus Christ gave us the example to follow, that Jesus Christ, through his life and his death, perfectly personifies what wisdom is, and Lord, makes it possible for us to have new life. God, I pray for anyone here today who doesn't know you, anyone here today who's trusting in the wisdom of the world, that says the answer's within them, Lord, I pray that you would show them that the problem is within them and that they need Jesus to bring healing and grace and forgiveness. But Lord, I know there are many believers in here who are struggling with particular situations or problems or difficulties. God, I pray that you would give your people the humility to acknowledge, God, we need you and we need your divine diagnosis and prescription for the situations and problems we deal with. Father, would you please give a spirit of freedom and openness as we lay these burdens at your feet this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Take a moment right where you are. Let me finish identifying a place where God's calling you to ask for wisdom. And then after a few moments, Zach will begin to play. And as he does, we'll invite you to come and drop these cards at the altar.